Well, good morning, Harvest Muskoka, Harvest Prairie Sound. Why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, so we're gonna be this morning, the last few verses in the book of Matthew, first book in the New Testament there. If you don't have a Bible on you this morning, if you throw your hand up, we'd love to get a Bible into your hands. So if you didn't bring your Bible this morning, you forgot it, or if you don't own a Bible, for sure, get your hand in the air and grab one of these as our gift to you. Grab a copy of God's Word and turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. As you're turning there, I want you to imagine that tomorrow you show up for work and your boss gives you a task to do. Maybe you work in construction and, and so tomorrow your boss says, hey, tomorrow here's what I want you to do. I want, I want you to go up there. I want you to shingle this roof. And then he goes away. He comes back at the end of the day and you haven't put one shingle on the roof. He says, hey, hey like, what did I ask you to do? You're like, you said, hey, shingle the roof. I totally memorized it. In fact, in fact me and the other guys, we, we got together and we, we started talking more deeply about what you asked us to do. We started studying more about, in fact, one guy, he knew the Greek word for roofing. And man, it, it's so deep when you get into how, what you were really asking us to do. And then well, another guy had his guitar at work and we started singing some songs about, you know, how glorious the roofing is. In fact, the, the singing was so good, someone came forward and he, he just, he committed his life to roofing. It was amazing. It was just, just a, a great experience for us as roofers. Like, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I mean, if we just read scripture, like if you set aside all your, maybe you have religious upbringing, set aside all of that stuff for a minute, forget the whole Christian culture, how we define how we follow Jesus. If you just read scripture for what it says, let's read what Jesus says in Matthew 28. Starting in verse 18, and Jesus came and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. I mean, Jesus gives a, a pretty clear job description, a pretty clear command here. He says, go make disciples. If you're a, a Christ follower, you're called to serve, to give, to go. Not, not just study about it, not just pray about it, not just sing about it, not just memorize verses about it. And so the question this morning, if, if you're here this morning as a Christ follower, the question you need to ask is, am I doing this? I mean, if, if Jesus were to show up here physically this morning and he were to, to come to each of us and say, hey, hey, do you, do you remember what I told you to do? I mean, how are we doing? Are we stepping out and are we risking to, to reach those in our community? Or are we stepping out to, to see those in Muskoka and Perry Sound, to, to, to see them hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are, are people looking in on our lives? Are people looking in in our community and saying, man, those Christians, they're everywhere. They, they give so much. They, they serve so much. It's, it's like they actually believe what they read in the Bible. And here we are in the middle of this sermon series. We're talking about what it means to follow Christ and what we value here at Harvest, what, what we would call the essentials of Harvest. If you're gonna call this place your home, you'd say, this is what I'm all about. But, but really, it's less about Harvest, but I hope you're seeing in this series, it's more about Jesus. 
my prayer, my hope, even this morning, as we dig into scripture again today together, that you would see the love and beauty and glory of Jesus Christ, God the Son, who was born into our world, who, who lived a perfect life on our behalf, who died in our place for our sins, who rose from the grave in victory to conquer sin and death. And my prayer is this morning, we would see Jesus Christ as the Lord of the universe and we would gladly submit to his lordship. And it's why we began this series saying, if I'm a Christ follower, it starts with me worshiping Jesus Christ. It begins there. It begins with, with me finding my purpose, my hope, everything that I am, my identity, my love. Christ is my treasure. And we may have other passions in this life, and, and that's great, but none of those passions comes close to the ultimate of Jesus Christ as our passion. In fact, Jesus will be that driving force behind each and every other one of our passions. And then, then that worship of Christ becomes the foundation of who we are as we gather together as a church community as a family, that, that we would see people love each other with a real and practical love, a meaningful love, that people would look in on this church, would look in on your small group and the people you know, and they would look in there and go, man, you guys, you remind me of Jesus. As we end off this series over the next two Sundays, my prayer is that you'd be encouraged then with a life of worship in a community of others who are pursuing Jesus in the same way that we would live our life on mission. That God would fuel in us, in our church, even this morning, that he would fuel in us this passion to make disciples of all nations. That God would awaken our hearts as individuals, as families, as a church family, this, this fresh, renewed zeal to see the nations come to know who Jesus is. My prayer is that through this text this morning and the power of God's spirit, that, that today, maybe today would be a monumental, a pivotal moment in your life where you would say, I remember that Sunday morning where God just lit my heart up for the gospel, where God just convicted me of a call he's had on my life, my whole life. And it was that morning that I said, I'm pursuing Jesus with this now. So before we jump in, let me pray for us and then we'll jump into the word. Father, I pray for every one of us here, Lord God, that you would speak to us. Father, you'd open our hearts and that we would see the salvation that those who know you, who would call themselves followers of Christ, God, that we would see the joy of our salvation, the gift that's been given, that our hearts have been changed. We've been adopted into your family. Lord, if there are those here this morning who don't yet know that, that this would be a morning where they, they see that as well and they say, I want the same thing for me, for my life. And God, as a group now with our hearts drawn to the amazing truth that we're accepted children of yours, God, that you would then light our hearts up to go tell others. That we'd make disciples of all nations. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, these verses here that we're digging into, they, they come at the very end of Matthew's eyewitness account where he writes out, hey, this is who Jesus is. And, and he, this is how he ends off the whole thing. I mean, if you think about it, Matthew's whole purpose when he was writing this account of Christ was to show people that Jesus was the king. He was the king of everything. And you gotta wonder, man, how could you end that well? I'm thinking if I'm gonna end that story, you'd probably end on the climax of Jesus Christ raising from the dead, conquering sin and death. That'd be a powerful ending. 
That's not how he ended the story. Instead, Matthew comes to this place where he, he tells us how Jesus gathered him and the other disciples around him. And, and Jesus, as this king, sends out these disciples to the ends of the earth. And, and how that story now continues today, right here in our church. I mean, the amazing part of this text this morning is that you're a part of that story. You're a continuation of this story. As a, as a Christ follower, you've been commissioned just like these disciples sent out by Jesus to proclaim his life, his death, his resurrection to the nations. So what's it look like then? We, we wanna talk about what's the heart of this mission. Next week, we're gonna get real practical about what it will look like, but for this morning, what's the foundation of this? Our first point this morning is this, is that we have the authority of Jesus. We have the authority of Jesus. And notice that Jesus doesn't start out with a command. When he, when he talks to them, he doesn't start with a command first. He starts by saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I mean, Jesus begins with this claim. It's the, really, it's the heart. It's the foundation of the mission we've been sent on. It's, it's how we'll accomplish this mission. He says, all authority has been given to me. I mean, what a massive statement that is. It's a fulfillment of Daniel chapter seven, verses 13 and 14, where it, it predicted centuries ago that the son of man would come and he would have all authority, an everlasting kingdom over all the peoples, all the nations, all the languages. It's this bold statement from Jesus. It's the foundation for everything else that flows out of what he's gonna say. He says, I have all authority. I'm the, I'm the Lord and King over all nations. He, he's not just the Lord and King over some people in some places, but he's the Lord and King over all people in every place in heaven and on earth. When you read through Matthew's account and you see Jesus having authority over creation, calming wind and waves with a voice. You see him having control over, over nature as, as the, he causes the blind to see, the lame to walk, lepers are healed, disease is gone. He speaks and demons flee. But the greatest of all is that Jesus has authority over sin and death. He has the authority to forgive us where we've broken God's law. He's the authority to, to overcome our ultimate enemy, death. Because we all sin, we all die. And Jesus steps in and says, no, no, I've got authority over even that. Everything under his authority. Which means this, that if we're Christ followers, we live under his authority as well. If, if you've never submitted your life to Jesus' authority, then, then you might be sitting here going, wait a minute, wait, are you telling me I gotta go make disciples? No, the first step for you is to become a disciple. And I'd invite you even this morning to, to see that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, conquered sin and death on your behalf. So when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be reconciled to God. And even right now, you could confess Jesus as Lord. You could recognize his authority as Lord and King over your life. And then as a Christ follower now, what do we do with that? As Christ followers, we live under this authority. We live under God's rule. And, and what I'm praying this morning is that God would raise up people this morning who would go. Raise up people who would say, I wanna give my resources and my time and my energy for, for the people here in Muskoka and Perry Sound. 
My prayer is that God would raise up people here in our church who maybe this morning, God's pressing in on your heart that he would raise you up to send you to the nations. I mean, there's so many people who have not heard the good news of Jesus Christ. So many people who haven't heard the gospel, even in our own communities. So wouldn't it make sense if we're Christ followers, if we're under the authority of Christ, that some here right now, God would be calling you right now to go out on mission. I mean, he's called all of us to be on mission. Wouldn't it make sense that God's called you to a mission in your school? Wouldn't it make sense that God's called you on mission in your workplace, maybe in your family, in your community, in your neighborhood? Wouldn't it make sense that God's called many of us here to go to unreached people, to the nations? I mean, if Jesus really has authority over everything, including us, then are we not at his disposal to say, I'm gonna use you for this. I'm gonna send you where I want you to go. And as a Christ follower, what do we do? We lay down our life and say, Jesus, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, my life is a blank contract, Christ. It's yours. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to give, I'm yours. I mean, could you, could you ask God this morning that question? Could you, could you ask God this morning, God, where would you have me go? And then be able to wait for the answer. And, and maybe some of you already know the answer. You know God's been pressing in on your heart and, and it's, it's not about figuring it out this morning. It's, it's more about acting on the call you already know. It's a hard question to ask, but here's the key. Jesus has authority over our lives. But don't fear his authority. Don't fear the one who has, who has saved you. I mean, you trusted your eternity to Jesus Christ. I mean, the same Jesus who saved you is the same Jesus who will lead you. I mean, that's what it means to be a Christ follower. You say, no strings attached, no, 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 nothing, no conditions on my part, Lord, I'm yours. You send me, you use me. And Jesus' authority compels us to go. I mean, think about it. If it wasn't for Jesus' authority, why else would we give so much energy and resources? Why would we spend so much money to, towards planting churches around the world with Harvest Bible Fellowship? Why would we be praying for a guy like Pastor Timothy who's in Nepal, just planting church after church in Nepal right now in a place of, of 30 million people where stats say less than 1% know and believe the gospel? I mean, if, if Jesus has authority, if he's the one true God, if only through him do we find salvation, then it's, if, if only through Jesus those, those 30 million people in Nepal could be saved from their sins that we need to go to places like Nepal. We need to make this good news known. I mean, Jesus has authority. Jesus is worthy. So what do we do? We gather up people like Omar and Miriam and we partner with them as we send them to Mexico City to plant churches. Jesus has authority and he's all 
worthy. So we support the work in Papua New Guinea through, through Mike Butler and the Brewbakers as they support missionaries going into the jungles of Papua New Guinea. Jesus is so worthy and has authority. So we want to help send Laura Michaelis to the nomad peoples in Chad. Jesus is so worthy and has all authority. We want to give our lives to serving here in our church and harvest kids and harvest youth with young adults, with small groups, with single moms, with, with the ministries happening. We want to serve in the in our community with those ministries who are seeking to reach the lost and the broken because Jesus is worthy and he has all authority. And so we go. We go to our community and we go to the world. We give our lives making known the, the love of Christ and the lordship of Christ to the nations. And, and we go because we have life. And we don't want to waste this life that Christ gave us to just huddle up and be so comfortable in our nice, casual Christianity. No, we've been given new life not to just huddle up and hide out. We've been given new life to go out and spend our lives on the front lines of the, uh, of the world proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. I mean, if Jesus is Lord, doesn't it make sense that we would give? Doesn't it make sense that we would go? It doesn't make sense that large numbers of Christians would just hold back, would say nothing, would do nothing. I mean, Jesus' authority compels us to be on mission. But look what, look what else his authority does. Look at verse 16 and 17, the verses leading up to when he says this. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And that's when Jesus steps in and says, here's your mission. I mean, think about this. There's only 11 dudes up on that mountain with Jesus right now, right? And, and not all of them filled with huge confidence. It says some of them are still doubting, all right? So these aren't like bold, confident, huge group of people. These are 11 kind of fishermen, rescue tax collectors, uh, zealots, like just a, a mixed up bunch of guys who have been following Jesus and they're looking around at each other and they're probably thinking, uh, Jesus, there's 11 of us. He's like, yeah, right. Go and disciple the nations. Go and bring the, the good news of the gospel to, to people from every nation so they can find life. But, but Jesus, you just mean the 11 of us? Yes, go. Now, now what, would, what would then have them be able to go and fulfill this? I mean, I mean, yes, the authority of Christ calling them to go, but here's something else that we see here. Not only do we have the authority of Jesus, we have the power of Jesus. We have the power of Jesus. I mean, how, how freeing is that? How freeing is it to know that when you step out on the mission of the gospel, that there is nothing in this world that can stop you from his mission? There's nothing to say, no, 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 you can't go there. You can't preach that. Jesus says, listen, I give, I give my authority to go anywhere and everywhere to tell people about me. Now, yes, what Jesus is asking is, is humanly impossible, but we don't have to worry about whether it's humanly possible or not because Jesus says, I'm in charge. I'm building my church and nothing, not even the gates of hell will prevail against this. The mission will succeed. Jesus then, he tells his disciples this. You, you then see in the book of Acts, he ascends into heaven where, where right now, at this moment, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And what's he doing there? He's not just watching and sort of seeing how things are panning out. No, he's empowering his people. 
He's directing you and me. He's providing us wisdom and power and strength and, and he's telling us where to go and he's giving us everything we need to complete this mission. When you think about how the gospel spread throughout that first century all over from just these, three men, these 11 men. 11 guys without radio, without television, without internet, without even the printing press. These disciples begin to produce more disciples who produce more disciples. I mean, Jesus calls every one of us to make more Christ followers. I mean, here's how I would boil it down. If you're a Christ follower, listen, every disciple is a disciple maker. That's the only way we reach the nations with the gospel. Every disciple is a disciple maker. So maybe even this morning you begin to think, well, well who am I discipling? Who am I walking alongside of? Who, who am I sharing the good news of Jesus with? Scripture does not know of, of disciples who aren't making disciples. There's one command Jesus gives us, make disciples. That's the, the command here is to make disciples. As you go, make disciples. And, and you're gonna go, you're gonna baptize, you're gonna teach, and every one of us going. We, we're living for Jesus. We're, we're talking about Jesus. If you're a Christ follower, that's the job description. We go make disciples. And you do this, listen, you do this with Christ's power. This is why you have the Spirit of God in you. Acts 1.8, Jesus says, hey, you're gonna go to all the nations, but I'm gonna give you my Spirit. You're gonna be filled with the Spirit. For what purpose? To go to the nations. To be witnesses to the ends of the earth with this gospel. So our plan as a church, I mean, our strategy, how do we reach Muskoka and Perry Sound and the nations with this gospel? Our plan is not, hey, try to put on the best show possible and bring as many people as we can into this room to hear our pastor preach. No, our, our, our goal, our method, our strategy, what do we wanna do? We wanna equip everyone who does come here to then go out into Muskoka and into Perry Sound and into the world with this gospel living, gospel sharing, gospel believing Christ followers. And you, you, you go out of here spreading this good news into places that, that I don't get to go into, talking to people that I would never be able to talk to. You're going to meet people who would never come here on their own and you're sent out into their lives. And Jesus calls us to go. Go and teach and baptize. It's interesting, he, he adds baptism in here. Why would he put that in here? Baptism, it's this, this identification with Christ. It's this picture of our death and resurrection. It's where we stand up and we confess to those who are there. We say, I'm with Jesus. That's what baptism is. I mean, you see the importance of it here that Jesus commands it. And it's, it's not that you, you have to be baptized in order to be saved, but listen, if you are a Christ follower, that's part of your public profession of faith. And, and I would say this, to neglect baptism is to dishonor and disobey Jesus Christ. He calls us to do it. He says, hey, hey stand up and proclaim that you identify with me. Here's how you do it. You do it in baptism. And I would say, if you're a Christ follower, then you need to be baptized. Just go and make disciples by baptizing them and by teaching them. And what's that look like? I mean, teaching happens here on Sunday mornings. Teaching happens in our small groups. But, but really, he, here's where making disciples happens. It happens as we walk life together, as you walk beside other people. You, you bring someone to church and, and they give their life to Jesus. Who's gonna teach them how to pray and how to get into the word? 
It's you. You start to think about that, man, that, that seems hard. Like, can I actually do that? Here's the great thing about Christ's plan. If you wanna grow in your walk with Christ, start walking with others. Yeah, but I don't, know if I, I don't know if I know the Bible well enough to be able to open it up to show somebody else. Isn't that great how Jesus plays this game, right? He's like, hey, you're gonna have to know the Bible then. Go make disciples, but I'm not a strong disciple. Become a strong disciple. Walk with more people. And he rigs this whole thing up to say, man, I better learn this if I'm gonna live this. I better learn this if I'm gonna walk alongside other people. Listen, if you never, ever share your faith with anybody, you don't actually need God's word. If you're never gonna walk with Christ, you're never gonna step out into areas that are difficult to step out in, into, and you're gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna step into this purity and holiness away from that sin. I'm gonna step into these dark areas with this message of the gospel. I'm telling you, you'll desperately wanna be in God's word. You'll need the power of God's spirit. It's not a comfortable call for Christians to, hey, just come, be baptized, and hang out. No, no, God's called us. Jesus has called us to something way more radical than that. But if we're not careful, what can happen is we can just be sucked into this weird Christian culture where, where we just become observers and consumers. I mean, listen, churches are filled with people who have known Christ for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, filled with churches of people who have known Christ for 50 years and have never made another disciple. This is our call as Christ followers the authority of Christ on our life, the power of Jesus with us. Here's our last point this morning. As we go out as Christ followers making disciples, we have, listen, this is amazing, we have the presence of Jesus. I, mean, I pray that we'd never underestimate what God can do through his spirit in the life of people. I pray that we never underestimate what God can do as he fills you with his spirit to send you out on his mission where you're completely dependent on his presence. I mean, this is such a powerful, encouraging word from Jesus. He says, I go with you, verse 30, with you always to the end of the age. I love that. You know what that tells me? It tells me this, hey, it doesn't matter what I bring to the table. The mission's not based on what, what you and I can do. The mission is based on who Jesus is and what he's able to do in us and through us. I think we need to understand the, the mission we've been called to, that, that we're to faithfully share the gospel, but, but ultimately it's Jesus that's doing the task. It's, it's not us saying, hey, Jesus, I'm gonna go and fulfill the Great Commission. You can come with me. No, Jesus saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it. You get to partner with me in this. He's inviting us to join him in this great work and, and he can do far more above what we ever could ask or imagine in our church and in our lives. So let's lay down our, our puny dreams. Let's lay down our small plans. Let's lay down our lives before God and see what he does with us. I mean, let's not be content to be part of a, a church that's just filled with programs and practices that we could probably do without the spirit of God. We could manage those on our own. No, let's be part of something that day by day, month by month, year by year, we are so desperate for Jesus' presence in our lives. You notice the promise here. Jesus promises to go with them after he commands them to go. 
The old King James, it would say, not behold, it would say, lo, I am with you always. I heard an old preacher say, there's no lo without go. She said, I'm gonna go with you, but you gotta go. You're gonna need me if you go. So when you go, then I'll go with you. That's my prayer for us this morning, that we would be a church that makes disciples, that multiplies disciples, that multiplies disciples here in our community, across Canada, and beyond to the nations. My prayer that there would be tons of you here this morning that you feel that call and you're like, I want to do that. I want to reach out. I want to go across the street. I want to go across the classroom. I want to go across the workplace. I want to go across the world. And I want to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you guys were kids, you ever play that game Simon Says? Anybody remember that? For younger kids, there's no app for it. Sorry, you probably don't even know what it is. All right. Right, and so what is it? How's that go? Right, you go. Simon says, "Put your hand in your head," and everybody puts their hand in their head. Right? Simon says, "Lift up your leg," and everybody lifts up their leg. That's Simon says. I heard one preacher say this: that Jesus says in church right now, it's a little different than that. I mean, when Simon says do it, you have to do it. When Jesus says do it, you don't really have to do it. You just need to read about it. You just need to feel deeply about it in your heart. Listen, that's not true. That's not the church. Jesus calls us to go make disciples. Listen, in our church, there are about 700 people in our church that that call Harvest Muskoka, Harvest Perry Sound home. People who know Jesus is Lord. People who have had their lives changed, who know that Christ died on the cross to save them from their sin, who rose again from the grave to give us victory and new life, to give us new life, to bring us together with him forever in heaven. But for now, he's left us here. And he's given us this this short time on earth filled with his spirit with this one purpose. We've been charged to reach the nations with the gospel. That's what we see in the New Testament. We we see it right away in the book of Acts, a, a church much smaller than our church spreading the gospel literally all over the world. So what will it look like for us what will we spend our money and our effort and our time on? As individuals, as, as families, as a church, what, what will we do? What will it look like for us as a church? What's the best way for us to use our resources as a church to reach the lost? I mean, is this it? Is this, do, we, do we just keep growing bigger in this room or do we find another way? Do we find another way that's more effective to reach out? I love, here's the thing. People say, man, it must be hard to be in like a, a school or a red. Wouldn't it be great to have a building? Yeah, we're planning on that. We're looking to that. But you know what I love about this? For the last eight years to see so much resources not going into building something, but going into building lives. That we just see more and more people being sent out. More and more people on mission for the gospel. What's it look like for us to continue that? I mean, let's spend our lives, let's spend our lives giving, let's spend our lives going, let's spend our lives sharing this gospel with the people we work with, the people we live next to. Listen, we can do this. Harvest, we can do this. You have the authority of Christ. You have the power of the Spirit in you. You have Christ's presence going with you. I mean, let's scatter, let's go. And as we go, we're gonna need each other, right? It's, it's why community's so important. We're, we're gonna need to have each other for this mission. So, so Sunday morning and, and, and small groups become so much less of a social gathering and more of a getting together to, to, hey, we can do this together and we're launched out of here. I think I've said this before. I mean, I just feel like we just need a, a cannon in the parking lot where you like, you get your helmet on the way out and you get stuff and you're loved and you're out, right? 
out on mission. So let's worship together. Let's share life together. Let's take care of each other. Let's, let's walk alongside of each other and support each other's marriages and, and, and support each other in singleness and as widows. And we come alongside. And what do we do? We're doing that because we want to share our lives together and we want to show the gospel. That's what we're here for. I mean, let's spend our lives for our community and for the nations to know the good news of Jesus Christ, that, that through us, this is so amazing, that through us, Jesus would use us to reach the nations with the gospel. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for the truth of your word. That you don't just call us on a mission, but you give us your spirit to empower us. Lord Jesus, you go with us. Forgive us for what we haven't done. Lord God, I, forgive me because it's not a lack of knowledge. It's so clear what we're called to do. Forgive me for my fear. Lack of trust. Forgive us for our laziness. Forgive us for our distractions. That even this morning, you'd be at work in our hearts. That even right now, there would be faces of people coming before our mind of, that's somebody i got to share the gospel with. And it's scary to do that, Lord Jesus, but we know that you have the authority, that we're not the one changing the heart anyway. It's you that does that work. But God, that you'd send us out of here on mission and we would see many more people come to faith, come to know who you are, come to new life that we would be disciple-making disciples. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.